Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Go before the Lord, and I'm going to launch this series right now. Let's turn to Mark chapter 12. Are you ready to get in the Word? Come on, family. Are you ready to get in the Word? If someone next to you is asleep, smack them in the back of the head. Don't do it that lot, lot, hard, though, but I don't want to get sued. Good to see my boy Alex in the house right now. Looking good. I'm looking better, though. You look good, bro. Let, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for our heart, our family, our spiritual family who truly love you. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual community that's going to affect not hundreds but thousands in the name of Jesus. Lord God, in this community and beyond, I ask that as we start this new series that you would cause us to put the priority of making first things first biblically in our life. Anoint your word. Touch our hearts. Bring back the prodigals. And I ask you, Lord God, that you will keep this as a foundation of our families in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Mark chapter 12. And my good spiritual son in the faith, Zach, you're amazing. Let's give it up for Zach. He's back there every week. This is my all-time favorite scripture, the scripture that I pray every single day over my kids. Even when I'm tired, I lay my hands, come on, let's go. I mention this scripture. I'm starting a series called First Things First by by biblically uh, allowing you to see that we need to put what is top priority in the kingdom of God back in top priority in our lives. It's amazing how many Christians love Jesus but make God's priorities fourth or fifth or sixth or even tenth or non-existent, yet they love God and go to church every Sunday. And so here is something that's been burning in my heart because out of this foundational truth should be why we do ministry, why we do business, why we are in family. Listen, above family, how good as it is, this needs to be above that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock some of you guys. going to say some things that may rub you the wrong way because cultural, ha, culture society has taught us that way. But let's get back to the scripture, can we? Matthew chapter 12, sorry, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 says this, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, Perceiving that he had answered them well because they were trying to trap him uh, in, the, in the, that same chapter with all these other things. So they came to him and they asked him, watch this, which is the first commandment of all? Now many of you heard this before, but I want you to hear this with a new lens here, a fresh lens. Jesus answered and said to him, the first of all, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Watch this. I want you to see God's jealousy when he says this. He could have asked anything to be the greatest commandment. He could have said anything to be first. He could have said, be holy. He could have said, do my works. He could have said, build my temple. He could have said, reach people. He said, you want to know the greatest? You want to know the first? You want to know what was the top priority in the kingdom? The top priority in my heart, I'm going to tell you. Here it is. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. Watch this. And the second is like it, which is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now watch this controversial statement. This, there is no other commandment greater than these. There is no 
other command doesn't mean that other commandments are not valid. He never said that. He just said, there is no other commandments out of all the commandments that I have given and I currently give in my scriptures, in my word. There is no other greater commandment than loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, and loving others as you love yourself. Now, why is this important? This is an epic moment in history. You say, why is this an epic moment? Because in this moment, God is giving the answers to the question of the biggest exam or test in all of history. The biggest, there's one major final exam question for all of Christianity, and it's this. The question is this. What is the greatest commandment? What is the first and greatest commandment? The answer to the greatest question of the biggest exam in all of history is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. Now, I want you to look at me. This is first priority to God's heart. It's first priority to your heart. And it's also one of the first workings of the, that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring in our heart is to activate our heart with love, with passion, with adoration to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you something that may be a little bit uh, something you haven't heard. Not only is it the first commandment, but he said it's the greatest commandment of all. Now, you have to understand this because this commandment has the greatest impact on God's heart. I want to say that again. This first commandment has the greatest impact on God personally in his heart. This commandment has the greatest impact on your heart. And watch this. It has the greatest commandment, sorry, impact on the people that you minister to. If you don't get this revelation, you will not minister to people out of the place of love, but you'll minister to people out of the place of frustration or your gifting. And in the long run, you will not only be burned out, but you'll hurt people in the process. Everything you do in life must be founded on the foundational principle of you loving God with all your heart. Why? Because if you can love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength and with all your soul, then you could have relationships with other people and not hurt them in the process intentionally. Why? Because love is governing you. When you do work out of intimacy, without intimacy, you're a slave. But if you do work from intimacy, then you're a son and you're a daughter. You have to understand the difference between working for God and then working from love. So if you work out of love, from uh, uh, exit from love you're working as a slave but if you work from love you're working as a son now this is amazing why because jesus is this is nothing new you may say jesus coming on the scene this is new he's actually quoting an old testament scripture in deuteronomy 6 which we're going to read in in a moment jesus comes on the scene and he's actually quoting one of the old testament commandments but he has his own narrative and his own commentary on this verse he says in the old testament this was one of the one of the commandments but now i'm coming on the scene and telling you out of all the commandments this is the greatest one this is the greatest one now now watch this is important because by this commandment Jesus is declaring his eternal purpose before the world created for why he created man. It's for God and man to have fellowship with each other. Do you realize this? 
that he wants an equally yoked bride for himself as a companion for all eternity. Did you hear what I just said? He wants an equally yoked bride as his companion for all, his, for all eternity. That was the father. That is one of the, the reasons that Jesus prayed. He said, I want them to be with me. In John 17, he says that. Now, the key to understand this scripture involves more than just an emotional feeling of adoration. When we think of, I shall love the Lord your God, what's the first thing that comes in your head? I just love you, God. My heart is so in love with you, and that I am so happy that. But I'm going to share something with you very powerfully here. When Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, what does that actually mean? Think, let's break that down for a second. What does it actually mean? He could have said, here's the first commandment, you shall love God. That's pretty deep in itself. He didn't say you shall love God. He said, you shall love God with, watch this, all of your heart. Not 90% of your heart. Not 98% of your heart. Not 99% of your heart. He said, you shall love God with all of your heart. Now, what, now watch this. With all of your soul. What does all of your soul really mean? Think about that. What is comprised of the soul? Your, your will, your emotions. That means all of your emotions should love God. All of your emotions should be, be founded in your love for God. What does it mean to love God with all of your mind? Intellectually. Resources. What does it mean to love God with all of your, your soul and with your, all of your strength? Now watch. Why do I say this? Because what Jesus is really saying here is that God's commandment to love him first, watch this, is not just an emotional adoration. It includes a reality, watch this, of obedience to his word to love him. I'm going to say something here. What Jesus is saying is not only an emotional uh, expression of adoration. What he's saying is to love me with these four realities. There's a goal in mind. To love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength requires extreme obedience to my word. And that's how I know that this is where you're loving with all those realities. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because loving God is not just singing to him. Loving God is coupling your love by putting him first. Watch this. And everything you do. And everything you do with your talents, with your abilities, in your family, in your business. Why? Because here's a revelation to you. The key to putting God first and putting the first commandment back in its first place. How many know that the first commandment is not in its first place in many Christians' lives? The first commandment is not. The first commandment is probably 10th or 11th or 12th because, because here's what happens. Are you ready for this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a little bit good here now. What happens when we put first things first, when we put God, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength first, you know what it eliminates? Are you ready for this? The stealth reality of the devil when we don't have this commandment in place is, is this word, idolatry. Now, now watch this revelation here. When we don't, not on purpose, some of it is not on purpose. When we don't have the first commandment in place, we will be doing good things for the kingdom, not knowing that we're living in idolatry sometimes because we're putting ministry first other than our relationship with God, our business success first other than God, other than our relationship with God, our schooling and our education first. Now you're going to get mad at me. Just don't throw anything at me. Ready? Our family first. 
I'm not saying getting any amens on that one. How important is family? Absolutely important. But if it comes to the place, there's many Christians that love God. They love Jesus, but they put their family before God. Now, I know that's controversial because we all are wanting good families, and God wants you to have good families. But what is idolatry? What idols, idolatry is not us bowing down to a statue like in the old days, even though that's what God was saying. You know what idolatry in the modern day culture is? Anything, you can write this down, idolatry is anything that replaces God from being first in your life. It could be television. It could be a workout regiment. It could, it could be your business. It could be something that you are so good at. Watch this. Do you know that some, the Lord revealed something in prayer last night? Most of our idols are actually good things that we're doing for the Lord. I don't think a lot of Christians are, are having idols uh, of, of, of drug addiction because that's more of an addiction and a bondage. And yes, it becomes idolatry. But most Christians, I would say 80% of the Christians' idolatry is not bowing down to a statue. is having other things that you don't even know of that you're so driven to do. Oh, let me, this is good. So this is good stuff. That you're driven to do that you do really good. You're a good business owner. You're a good family man. You're a good educator. And you do those things well that if you're not careful, you will spend and all your energies, all your thought process, all your mind into what you do good, and the first commandment is left out. Do you know that you could still do good things? Do you know that you could do, do good things for the kingdom and even for your family? You could have a perfect family and leave the first commandment out. Let, 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 let's sit down and talk. I'm your pastor. I'm going to sit down and talk for a little bit. How many things, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many times do we put do we put other things first before God? Let's, let's, let's evaluate some things. How many th times that we put that we mismanage our time? People say, I don't have enough time to pray. I don't have time. Well, God would be an unjust God if he didn't give us enough time to pray and put him first because he put 24 hours in a day. And you sleep about seven or eight hours. What happens to the rest of the 21, 18 hours, 16 hours of the day? How about business? How about education? When's the last time we put business first? Because Watch this. Even business for the kingdom. If you're not, you know if we're not careful? Ministry could be an idol. We could be so focused on building a ministry that Jesus is on the corner saying, hey, you haven't talked to me and put me first and put my word first in many months, but yet you're doing good works for the kingdom. How about our gifts and our talents and our abilities? If we're not care I, I, was, I was in the parking lot today praying, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, even revival could be an idol if you let it. So many people are praying for revival that revival in itself can become an idol in your life because you're praying for revival so much more than you're praying to love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, that we become workers instead of lovers. And, and listen, workers... Were, Instead of lovers, we'll always get burned out, and we'll start blaming people, and they're short-lived. They're short-lived. Now, wa now, watch this. It's interesting that Jesus says, seek ye what? First, here's that word again, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I believe that we need to put the first commandment first in our lives. God is raising up messengers prophetically, I tell you. That in the hidden places right now, as I speak, dare I say, even at RCC, that are going to make the first commandment first in everything they do in their ministry. They're going to, they're, God is raising up messengers that are, they're going to put the first commandment in their ministry and their business and everything they do. 
Now, I want you to see something real important here. It's interesting that the very first commandment, now here's where I'm going to pull things together. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments, I don't want, listen, so you won't get confused. The first commandment of the Old Testament Ten Commandments, you know what it is? Little, little quiz for you. The first co- of the Ten Commandments, now some people say, well, that's Old Testament. No, it's still scripture and there's still principles in that. Can I hear an amen? You know what the first commandment of the Ten Commandments was? I want you to see God's jealousy here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Then he says this, thou shall have no idols before me. Now think, think about this. Think about this. You shall have no idols before me because that first commandment of the Old Testament, in a way, in a prophetic way, hear me with prophetic eyes, prophetically sets the stage for the reasoning of the first commandment, watch this, in the New Testament. Now watch this. First commandment of the Ten Commandments is you shall not have any idols. The first and greatest commandment when Jesus comes on the scene is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Why? Because when you don't love the Lord your God, you erect idols because your love is to other places. So what Jesus is actually trying to eradicate is in his jealousy, watch this, in his godly jealousy, he's trying to say, the reason I'm telling you that this is the great commandment is not because I'm a mean God, it's because I have, I have jealousy for you to put me first above everything else. And you say, well, that's radical. Well, you do it with your marriage. How many of you, how many of you ladies would, would like to have someone, you, you, you're walking down the aisle, and you're about to get married, and, and you say, say, wait a minute, no, uh, I'll... I'll I'll do all this for you, and I'll, 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 I'll massage you, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put breakfast in bed and all that good stuff. And you're like, oh, that's great. And that man goes, under one condition, if you allow me one day out of the week, just um, out of the year, sorry, one day out of the year, 364 days out of the year, big deal, to, to have my way with other lovers, what would you ladies do? See, look at that muscle coming out on your neck. See? See that muscle? That, 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 that twitch? Just, they're like, oh, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. You, you don't even want for one day, you don't want for one day unfaithfulness. You want loyalty. You want all of him or none of him. But yet, there's nothing wrong with you to say that. Why is it a big deal when God requires that from his people? You want loyalty from your spouse. And even though your spouse may make $100,000 or, or massage you every day, if, you, if they tell you, just give me one day of infidelity to get it out of my system. What would you say? Even guys. I hope you guys will say no. And if you don't say no, then there's a problem. Now watch this. Watch how you connotate God's jealousy for you to fuel the first commandment. I, I want, if you don't get this, anything, get this. Whew, I feel the Lord. The first commandment is birthed out of God's jealousy for you. Are you ready for this? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. Oh, this is good preaching, Pastor George. I know. Look, look, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Are you ready for this? Deuteronomy chapter 5. Some of you don't even know the Ten Commandments, so I'm going to tell you. Seriously, I mean, like, like some of you guys don't know the Ten Commandments at all. You, you say, oh, that's Old Testament. There's, there's still principles. So look at this. Look at what it says, verse 6. Are you there? Are you there? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Look at this. Out of the house of what? You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, so, so watch this. He's saying, with zeal, you shall have no other gods before me. Watch how he set the stage up. Watch this. You shall not make for yourself any carved image. That's the first commandment of the Old Testament, of the Ten Commandments. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above or the things that is on earth beneath or, the, or there's the water under the earth. Watch this. 
You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Are you ready for what I just said is confirmation? Look at this. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Do you see? Hallelujah. It's red, so I don't know. Lord, you're jealous, God. Watch this. But I'm going to keep going. It, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. That's a whole other topic right there. But showing mercy to thousands to, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now look at chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. Flip the, flip the chapter and look at verse 4 through 5. If you could put that up there, Zach. I'm getting a little bit of an echo here, guys. Watch this. Right after he addresses idolatry and right after he addresses the Ten Commandments, watch what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You know what God wants? Watch this. He wants voluntary love instead of obligation love. He wants... He wants voluntary love for Jesus, for the Lord, instead of, of love because you have to. Sadly, there's many Christians that love God, watch this, because they have to, not because they want to. There's a lot of Christians that love God, why? Because of their ministry status, because of the people they know, or because of fear of punishment. They love God. But God is wanting us to graduate from the obedience of I have to or I can't do that to the obedience of I don't want to do that. Come on. God wants to graduate his people from the obedience that says I can't do that to the obedience that says I don't want to do that. There's a difference between the obedience that says I can't do that to the obedience that says I don't want to do that. Because when you say, I can't do that, there's something inside of you that's saying, I'm only not doing it because of fear of punishment or because I have to. But secretly, if I had a chance, I'll do it. But those that say, I don't want to do that, are not being forced by their parents or the pastor or some manipulation. They're saying, no, out of my love sickness for God, I will not do that because it's going to sever my relationship with Jesus. And I don't want anything to get in the way with hindering my even friends, even family, even business opportunities. I don't want anything to be first other than the first commandment in my life. There's a difference between I can't do that and I don't want to do that. Sadly, a lot of young people today are in the I can't obedience instead of I don't want to obedience. Because if you had the opportunity and if your parents weren't checking up on you and if you didn't have a lot of accountability, you would do those things that were wicked in your heart all the time, but you're being restrained by people saying, no, don't do that. But you got to get to a point where you get the first commandment first. And when you get the first commandment first, you won't want to do those things. 
because they're fulfilling and you know that it hurts God's heart when you go astray and you're putting other lovers as idols in your life. Now those idols may not be sinful, they may be good, but nevertheless, if they're taking the place of God, ask yourself a question. Watch this, here's a quiz. Don't, don't answer out loud, but you're going to answer right now in your head. What do you spend the most time doing throughout the week? What do you spend your time mostly planning, thinking about planning? Now that will give you an example. Now, to love God, Jesus defines loving God as being deeply rooted in the spirit of obedience. I want to say that with me. Love is defined, say this with me, love is defined by being deeply rooted in obedience. Look at me. Do you know that it's impossible to say that you love God if you don't obey his commands? I'm going to say that real slow because some of you guys are going to look at me weird. It's impossible to say that you love God with all your heart. We're talking about the first commandment. All your soul, all your mind, and your strength. Watch this, watch this. If you're not obedient to his words. Do you know that there's people that are living carnal lifestyles and they tell you. They look at me and tell you, I love God, bro. I do. I love God. I'm just living a compromise. I'm just weak. Now, I know there's weaknesses. But I want you to look at what John 14 says. Are you getting something this morning? John 14, verse 15. Look at what it says. All those who are note takers, all of you guys who, who love the scriptures, I want you to see what the Lord says about love. Listen to me. Look at me. Say love. Because the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart. So what is really Jesus talking about when he says love the Lord your God? Is he saying, I love you, Lord, and I live my Oh, there he is. I'm loving God with all my heart because I'm singing to him. That's part of it. But I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get too into it. But there's people that are singing to God and are having affairs with other people. So is that truly loving God just because you, you have admiration for him? Watch this. If you love me. You got quiet up in RCC. You down with RCC? All right. <laughs> you know all the old folks like me. If you, love, if you love me, keep my commandments. Watch verse 21. Jump to 21. Look at this. He who has commandments and what? What? And what? Come on, shout at me. Come on, church. And what? And keeps them. It is he who loves me. What? He who has my commandments and keeps them. In other words, Jesus is saying, you want to know who really loves me, guys? Let's, look, let's go back to Scripture. If you say you love me and you keep my commandments, then your, your love is real. Watch this. And he keeps him, he is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Look at verse 23. Jump down to 23. Here it goes. Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will what? If anyone loves me, he will what? If anyone loves me, he will what? Well, Pastor George, you know what? I just, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a couple of affairs. There's nothing wrong with, you know, homosexuality. I love God. No, if you love God. It's time for good old-fashioned preaching in the church again. We've streered away from holiness and good old-fashioned preaching. If you love God, you will keep... Look at what Jesus says. His commandments. Now watch this. And we will come with him and make our home with him. Are you ready for another juggernaut? Jesus says, he who does not love me does not keep my words. <laughs> Let that slap you like a gangster. <laughs> I don't think gangsters slap. I think they shoot, but it's okay. He who, he, who do, he who does not love. Say does not love. Say he who does not love. 
Say it one more time. Let it sink in. He who does not love God, say it with me, does not keep my words. Do you see then the fuel of obedience as a lovesick people? When you're lovesick for God, watch this. You could either take John 14 in two ways. You could either take John 14 as saying, if you love me, prove it to me by being commandments. In other words, performance, performance. Okay, here it is, God. I'm doing the jail ministry. I'm loving you. I'm doing the jail. I'm preaching today. I'm singing today. I'm performing today. You could either take it like that or you could take it like this. If you love me and fall head over here in love with me, you have, no, you have no problem doing my commandments because it will be easy because you'll delight in me and I delight in you and then my will become your will. My desires will become your desires. You can either take it as, darn it, I have to be obedient to God or <laughs> I get to get closer to God by being obedient to God. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? I'm getting like five amens. I need the worship team up here, please. I need Christina. I don't know where she's at. I need our, our entire worship team uh, to be present uh, during the word. Amen. Amen. Help me communicate with that. People who love Jesus, watch, with these four realities, here's a good thing. will love other people well. Now, I want to share, share this in the next ten minutes. We, we must love God on his terms, not on our terms. <laughs> Can I hear this? We, we must love God on his terms, not on our terms. God is not Burger King. We don't get to have it our way all the time. You know, in Burger King, you say, I want pickles, no onions, and, and two tomatoes, and hold the mustard. And they're like, we give you what you want. But we've created a God in our image instead of having him, him in his image. Why do I say that? Because if we worship when... The God that we create, that's also idolatry too. It's the God of convenience. It's the God of what you want. Listen to me. Jesus defined love by being deeply rooted in the spirit of obedience. Watch this. I want everyone to listen to me. This topic is going to be one of the central topics of the end of the age. How do you define love? Do you define love according to scripture or according to the humanistic culture that excludes obedience from the word of God? A lot of folks out there saying, it's all about love. No violence. I don't want violence either. But when they're saying it's all about love, what they're saying is a love that is destitute of God's word. A love that is destitute of God's word. But it requires these four parts. Now think about this. God has everything. Yet he desires communion with his people. He has everything, yet he desires relationship with his people. I want to ask you a question, and I want this to, to loving, lovingly convict you if it, if it falls on the right shoes. Have you been so busy lately working for God that you've left the first commandment at a distant reality in your life? Have you been so busy planning for your ministry and for your future that the first commandment has been out of whack in your life? How about in your family, in your marriage? Is the first commandment first in your marriage? The reason why it's quiet is because God is, is speaking to you. Now, I'm not saying that I've arrived or I'm perfect. I'm speaking to you because it is in Scripture. Are you putting your ministry before loving God with all your heart? Are you putting your business before loving God? Are you putting your talent before loving God with all your heart? Are you putting your abilities? 
Anything that do is dominating your time right now is an idol in your life. And God says, I'm jealous, and I wanted to kick out. Not because I'm a mean God. It's because those things, those idols in your life are going to cause bondage in your life. It's going to cause bondage. Can I hear an amen? Loving God is the first priority, and it's number one in his heart. Now, I want you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close in about five, ten minutes here. We must plan ministries and everything we do around the first commandment. Our financial goals, our educational goals, our ministry goals, all around the, the obedience of being first things first. I remember years ago, I'll never forget this. Many of us are confusing our dreams with our assignment. I'm going to say that again because that's really good. It's okay to dream, and it's okay to, to, to dream, but let's put priority in perspective. A lot of things that we're calling dreams are actually some things that may be competing with our greatest desire to putting God first. Here's what I mean. There's a difference between your assignment that, and your goals than sometimes your dreams. I remember one time they, uh, they interviewed uh, Mike Bickle back in 1999 when he finally, after all these years, went 24-7, not nonstop, 24-7 prayer and worship, nonstop with live instruments every, for 24 hours a day to this day. They all, people around the world congratulating him, said, you finally did it. You did your dream. You finally accomplished your dream. You got 24-7. And he says, thank you. But that's not my dream. That's my assignment. My dream is to have the ability to love this man, Jesus, with all my heart and strength without any competitors in the way throughout my life. He said, that is my dream, that I could be able to be stripped away from the, com the competitors that are competing for time in my life. My assignment is something different, but my dream is to love God without hindrance, with holy, with all my heart. Now watch this. Like I said before, if you say, watch this, you love God with all your heart. Actually, I'm going to ask you a question. How many desire to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? Ask yourself this question. Does my giving reflect that? Does my language reflect that? This is my prayer life. What, what do you think about first when you wake up in the morning? You think about, man, I can't wait. I just can't wait to make some money. It's good to make money. What's the first thing that consumes your mind? Is it, man, I can't wait till I get th this out of, out of my parents' house so that I could flirt with this guy or flirt with that girl? What's the first thing that consumes you, your mind and your thoughts every day? If it's not... If it's not, I know this sounds real spiritual, but if it's not the Lord, then something else is in the way. That's it. That's the key. Something else is in the way. God is after affection-based obedience. Over and over and over again, the scripture talks about the dangers of not putting the first commandment first. You see Martha and Mary. We won't turn to it. Martha, she's a Christian. She loves God. In, in modern day terms, she loves God. She's doing the work of the Lord. Sometimes we could do the work of the Lord and forget the Lord of the work. And she's doing the work of the Lord. She's, the Bible says she's actually distracted by much serving. Do you know that you could serve the Lord and be distracted? And she's, she's serving. And Mary, she, Mary is doing something that most people know. But like in the, in the 2017 language, we would probably be, be, be angry at, at Mary. To be, I'll just be honest with you. We're, can you imagine you, you know, we're all setting up, you know, everything. Everyone's doing their part. And Mary's just like... Wow, I, 
I'm just getting a revelation of his beauty and his and his majesty and his presence. Come here, come here, Mary. No, wait, 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 just a little while longer. And we would we would rebuke Mary. We were like, look at her, she's all prideful trying to sit in the glory while we work. There's a time for work and there's a time to sit in the glory. But Jesus said she has chosen the best things first. I'm going to sum up your spiritual identity. I want you to write this down. Ready? Write, write this down. Here's your spiritual identity. I'm loved by God. And I'm a lover of God. Therefore, I'm successful. That's your identity. I'm a lover of God. So I'm loved by God. I'm a lover of God. And I'm successful. Now, give you one or two realities and then we're going to close because it's 12.03 here. Watch this. The church of Ephesus, when we, you know how we do the book of Ephesians? Well, the church of Ephesus was a revival center, according to Acts chapter 18 and 19. Do you realize if you do study, the book of, the, 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 the church of uh, Ephesians, the Ephesus church, they, historically speaking, they were a revival center. In other words, they were known for long crowds would stay in and wait to the opening of the temple. There would be business adventures, streams coming out. Very successful, watch this, community outreach coming from the book, so the church of Ephesus. Yet in Revelations 2, Jesus spoke to the seven churches, and one of them was the church of Ephesus. And you know what Jesus said about the church of Ephesus? I know your works. You're doing good. You're doing outreaches. You do, you're, you're calling those that are apostles that are not. They're fall, and you're calling them out. I'm proud of you for that. I'm also proud of you that you have, you have the patience, and you're sticking with it, and you're not giving up. I'm proud of you. He goes, nevertheless, I have one thing against you. you do, you're a revival center, but you've forgotten your first love. Oh, how I wish that would never be spoken of our, our RCC community. I don't want to be known for just a good church that has great community and is reaching people. Praise God for that. But if we're not careful, we'll get our identity by that. Man, look at, look at RCC. They're reaching people. Wow, they're feeding the homeless. They're doing that. Yeah, I never want to get to that place and be successful in the eyes of people and help people and then lose my first love in the, in the process. And... And, and, and God forbid, show up to church and say, oh God, I got to preach again. May that never happen to us. Do I got to serve again? It's all about putting the first commandment first above your talent, above your reputation. Watch this. This is going to hurt. Above your family. Don't get mad at me. Because if you put Jesus first, your family will prosper. If you really put Jesus first, let me tell you something. Your kids will adore you. Why? Because they'll see Jesus in you. Do you realize that this is the hour? Jesus has something. Now, now Zach, this is not in, in what I gave you because I felt this in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 7 says a sobering thing, and I'm going to share it with you, and then we're going to pray. Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus is not talking to worldly people here. He's talking to Christians here. Let me ask you, look at me. When's the last time you see a worldly person, a worldly person that has no relationship with God, cast out a demon? Or pray for someone and they get healed? No, no, right? None. So then Jesus is actually talking to people here, watch this, who are doing good works for the kingdom. Watch this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does, again, love and obedience synonymous he who does the will of my father in heaven look at verse 22 
Watch this. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Now, can worldly people prophesy? I mean, in his name, they could, but that's not what he's talking about here. He, they could, they could try, but it's not really what he's saying. In other words, he's saying, yeah, you're actually doing the gifts. You're actually doing the work, and people are getting saved. See, that's a deception. You can actually do a lot of good works. People get saved, and the gift and the call of God are without repentance. So you could have an adulterous affair and still come up and minister, and God moves, and yet nothing, and, and you think, oh, everything's good with me. Look, 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 people. Watch this. Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Look at the next verse. And then I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Now, I hate to drop the hammer. That's not my intention. What I want to highlight is the word, I never knew you. Listen to me. I'm closing now. That word, knew, in the Greek, is the same word of Adam, knew Eve. In other words, it speaks of deep intimacy. So when God, when Jesus said, I never knew you, he never said, I didn't see the works you did. He just said, you did the works outside of the first commandment. You did the works outside of putting first things first. Everything we do needs to be funneled through the first commandment because if not, the goal of the enemy, and I'm closing, the goal of the enemy is to ruin that pure devotion that you have and putting other things first in your life. I want everyone to stand up. Come on, I want everyone to stand up. It's time to put the first commandment first in our life. I said, it's time to put a first, the first commandment back in our lives. Church, are you hearing me? I know that some of you are, are weary and you're dry, but I'm here to tell you, if you put God first, if you start loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind and strength, watch this, you won't be a professional Christian anymore. Professional Christians are Christians by title, but not by relationship. And God doesn't want professional Christians anymore. He wants you to be all about Jesus. He wants you to say, you know what? I serve because of Jesus. I, I, my finances are first because I think about Jesus first in my finances. I, my business is successful because I think about Jesus first before my business. My family is successful because I think about Jesus first. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is to obey His Word first. I want us to lift up your hands right now. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.